audio. Take an audio. Or secure. A parody, also called spoof, send up, take off or lampoon, in use, is a work created to imitate, make fun of, or comment on an original work. My gloves, they make me safe around chemicals, the chemicals. And welcome to Earbuds and Eararms, I'm Amy Wackadoodle Shepherd, and this is... Mitchell Manley, Belly Laugh Brigader. Brigadier. Yeah, I don't even think brigadier is a word. Brigadier, brigadier I think. Brigadier, yeah. yeah. Brigadier is definitely a but, word. I don't know. I'm I'm Southern and so brigadier. You can just add the R on there. It works. Yeah. Uh, brigade. It's like a brigadier alligator. Yes. That, I, I solved it. I I'm made okay it with all, that. I'm totally works. fine with it that. It totally works. Um, this week we were actually given a suggestion. Yeah. Was yeah. it David? David. Yes. David suggested parody or novelty songs so that's what we went and ran with mm. and i i'm actually surprised we've never done that before yeah i was actually surprised that you had not done that before uh either that was pretty you'd think that was that would right. be an early on whenever you're thinking of themes for a music podcast you would think and i think we did like funny songs which right. some of that is yeah, like, like the novelty songs yeah i guess whatever. they are novelty songs but they're not like specifically parody songs and this one we kind of like put in parody and novelty songs yeah. which is kind of good because i don't I'm not that good at knowing what all the songs are all the time, sure. so I there might be some novelty songs that are actually parody songs I don't know about. What did you bring? All right, well, a bunch of other people posted Weird Al, but I didn't take their Weird Al suggestions because I was doing Weird Al, and I don't care what you say. <laughs> um, I chose Weird Al, The White Stuff. You can see him in my teeth, head when I talk, head in my pancreas just went in the shock out of the white stuff. It does kind of, and like, there's also a lot of other weird contexts you can take it in that we won't go into. Yeah. But yeah, this one's actually, it's a parody of New Kids on the Block's right stuff, except it's about Oreos. And uh, what I love about Weird Al that the average listener may not even consider is that he isn't singing to like karaoke versions of the songs that he parodies. Like he and his band not only match the original songs note for note, but they also meticulously match the guitar and bass tones and all the production techniques, what drum machine was used on the original, which synthesizers were used. They like get all that stuff and all that time and effort goes <laughs> into a weird Al parody before any lyrical content is even added. And, you know, unlike a lot of, Weird Al's contemporaries, like the other parody artists, his his lyrics are always much more intelligent and like thoughtful, 
and it's not just like whatever schlock you know sloppy first thing that comes to his mind that fits you know it doesn't just have to rhyme yeah it's a it's a lot he has like a lot of hilarious situations and like turns a phrase that kind of pay off a lot more than a lot of the the hackier folks uh, in this one he totally nails the experience of eating oreos first one was a sweet one the second one was a blast <laughs> Uh, was it? first one is a sweet one. <laughs> Second one was a blast. Soon I finished off the bag, ate them up real fast. Yeah, and uh, you can see them in my teeth. You can tell it when I talk. I had so many, my pancreas just went into shock. Yep, I love the fact they name dropped his pancreas. Yeah, the pancreas. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's totally true that once you eat one or two Oreos, you're eating a whole sleeve probably. It's like a, it's the same kind of with thin mints with me. Oh wow, yeah, and um. I'm not super yeah. into the minty chocolatey thing, but I can totally see. Is it the Samoas that get yes, you? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. 100%. It's like, yes. So I, Weird Al, I mean, he was talking, like David actually brought him up for like the suggestion of this. And like Weird Al is, if you think parody songs or even novelty songs, you're like, oh my God, it's Weird Al. He somehow is cornered at the market and he does such a good job. Like you were saying, he's not just doing a karaoke version. And even if he's doing like a parody that's not like, you know, absolutely perfect. It's going to be maybe even a melody with him on his um, squeeze box. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so I, that's what I find so amazing about him is he is an incredibly talented musician and there's like so much care that he puts into his parody songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that everybody always talks about how he gets permission to do it from right, the artists yeah. and stuff. And if they so, don't grant him permission, he doesn't do it. Yeah, and he actually was pretty hurt with the, uh, what was it, who, there was one musician who said they didn't give permission. And he that was thought, Coolio. Yeah, Coolio. And he was- Amish I, Paradise. I think he was really hurt by the fact that he's like, oh man, I did kind of break my own rules unintentionally. Or- It was all weird got, misunderstanding yeah, because, yeah, Weird else. Al said like if he had told him not to do it, he definitely wouldn't have done it. Right. And as- I, I trust him. I really yeah. do trust him. Weird House is just so talented. Uh, his vocal range, he has this huge vocal range, and people don't really think about how, how broad it is. He actually sang backup on a Ben Folds record. I wonder if there's some other like weird stuff where he's like uncredited backup singer on people's stuff. He's an incredible singer, but um, the DVD for Songs for Silverman, that Ben Folds <laughs> solo record, is Weird Al singing backup vocals on the song jesus land jeez i didn't know yeah, that he's an incredible singer and like people don't even really know no i mean i think that people d- tend not to take him as seriously because he is a par- parody artist it's true or known for that but he's so it's unfortunate he's so good he's brilliant he's yeah he's absolutely brilliant now i went for a totally different thing called welcome to hell inspired many of the comedians of snl welcome to hell now we're all in here Oh, and this ain't a girl group. We just travel in a pack for safety. This is how I walk home at night. My dad gave me a pink gun, so there's a lot there. My little trick, if someone's following me, I put my arm up like this, and I go, because then he'll be like, she's not worth the trouble. Welcome to hell. Now you're in our boat. Look at that guy. What is he up to in that trench coat? It's like a maze here, all full of boners. Hey, what was that? Phew, just a cat. 
Wait, who owns the cat? Could be a trap. Welcome to hell. It's kind of a parody of a generic uh, girl group song, but I'm pretty sure it's a specific song, but I don't know which one exactly. I don't know. Is it a specific song? I definitely didn't nail it if it was. I I think it was an original. And I think that this is also something that happens where parody is usually somewhere where we can make like a social context of something. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, okay, we have, we're doing a parody of this like girl group, which is usually like overtly sexual. Like whoever is managing them is either going overtly sexual or they are going overtly sexual as like girl power, if you remember the 2000s. So I think that was interesting that they have this sting of humor and commentary about, I don't know, the whole Me Too movement and the whole like last two years. Yeah. Society. Some so, tough shit. Also, I watch a lot of SNL whenever it's in season because that's what I do. Right. And this one has a Sorsha. Um, I don't know. Sorsha. Something's her last name. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce her first name. so I, I got the Sorsha. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, they. Wow, this song. I tell you what. This is. Uh, it's tough to listen to, kind of. You know, they say that laughter is often the soul saying, ain't that the truth? Yeah. And in this case, uh, I fear that it is a bit too true. Uh, they they veil it in, you know, in some chuckles, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's like delivered in a very kitschy, over the top style. And like they're talking about women being constantly harassed by men and catcalled and made uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Although it's a super funny and clever song, uh, there's only like a couple of actual jokes in there. It's just. It's so funny because of the presentation and like the sort of air of discomfort that it establishes <laughs> about how true this content rings for a lot of women. Yep. Uh, they say this ain't a girl group. <laughs> we just travel in a pack for safety. Yep. Or oh well, you know, like a man saying, "Oh well, why didn't you say something, baby girl?" Well, we definitely did for hundreds of years, and like nobody cared. Yes, it's a Jesus. very pointed parody song. Yeah. I think so. All, all I can do is apologize and assure that I do not condone or promote <laughs> or support any of that behavior from any of my dude friends. Yikes! Wow. Well, you can start carrying your keys between your fingers like yeah. that because we think that that's gonna work. <laughs> Egads. I, I I remember being told always to do that, and I'm like, I'm not gonna. That's I'm totally gonna get murdered by my own keys. Right? Yeah. Hurt yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think it's still a really catchy song. Though. It is. It is very catchy. And it's very funny, yeah. and especially along with the video, it's it's super hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> wow pretty real stay strong ladies yeah seriously now the ear buddies didn't go as hardcore on the social commentary <laughs> but there is definitely some social commentary in our selections craig brings the first one by bo burnham country song pandering i walk and talk like a field hand but the boots i'm wearing cost three grand i write songs about riding tractors from the comfort of a private jet I could sing in Mandarin You'd still know I'm pandering Hunting deer, chasing trout A Bud Light with the logo facing out Hear that subtle mandolin That's textbook pandering I own a private branch that I rarely use I don't like dirt One verse, one chorus in the bag now it's time to talk to the ladies. I'm hoping my southern charm offsets all these rapey vibes I'm putting out. Good girl in a straw hat with her arms out in a cornfield. That is a scarecrow. Thought it was a human woman. Sorry. A cold night. 
This is pretty much commentary on modern country song that's made to elicit that like down home everyman feelings of working in the factory and you know that kind of double meaning of conservatism where it's like oh yeah you like kind of it's your identity and we're going to talk about these like um very typical going to the farm dirt road cold beer but then it's like oh but this bud light we're gonna make sure it's perfectly faced out and make sure that there's lots of money happening because we're kind of taking this like culture of like the country and what country music kind of used to be about Mm -hmm. but like made it more about the identity of every person who lives in a specific part of the area. Right, exactly. So, uh, also, uh, kind of rapey, because a lot of sometimes the dudes in the country songs Yeah, he definitely lampoons that, for sure. Because it can be really rapey. And um, this song is what Logan's Steakhouse is. Yeah, it does kind of, it is kind of Logan's a yeah. little bit, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I was I can just, like, like, see all the peanuts on the floor. Yeah, I just was listening to this, and I was like, wait, this is what Logan Steakhouse is. It's pandering. It definitely is. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, Bo, Bo Burnham is, he's one of the most clever stand-ups around, and this song is definitely a perfect example of uh, the sort of unique thing that he brings to comedy right now. Uh, you know, everybody always jokes about the stereotypical country song about your wife leaving and your truck breaking down and painted on jeans. And your dog dying. And your dog dying, yeah. But Bo Burnham, like, he gets especially exegetical for this one. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, really digs in. Like, <laughs> all you need to start a country song is a series of rural nouns and simple adjectives. You got a dirt road and a cold beer and blue jeans and a red pickup. <laughs> it's all very, very on the nose. Uh, he also lampoons all the country stars who... Uh, you know, they're worth millions of dollars, but they're still writing about riding tractors, except they're riding it from the comfort of their private jets. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he calls out the sort of rapey vibes about getting women in their truck and taking them down a dirt road where nobody can hear them scream, you <laughs> it's know? Like, wait, it's like, uh, rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey, Whis- whiskey makes my girl a little frisky. Yeah. Is she able to consent? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of questions along the line. We need, mm-hmm. we need to at least have a presentation yeah. for these gentlemen. I'm, I'm really concerned about the country singers. Yeah, we need to have a Ooh. have an assembly in the in the Omen Arena. In, you know. <laughs> the uh, Omen he, Arena? Right. Uh he he even like toward the end calls out the production and arrangement techniques of like pretty much every pop country song. There's always some subtle mandolin and they give a key change halfway the through. Key change. Yeah, the key change always makes it super anthemic. It's all just like blatant pandering to the lowest common denominator fan base, just like what what your granddaddy's had in common and so you take this identity on as yourself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly Uh what all pop country is these days. It's very unfortunate. Yeah, and of course, Craig stole Bo Burnham from me. So that's why I went a little farther out. (laughs) Oh, but I love Bo Burnham. And he did eighth grade, too. That just came out. All right. Will K brings Canadian softball. Ohio is for emo kids.
stop laughing. Yeah, it's very like, good. I'm not going to lie. He said he thought he won the game with this one. He I, came pretty pretty damn close. I, he did. He took it there it's a melody of many of the most obvious popular emo bands that came out and of course throwing in some evanescence which I never considered emo and then Lincoln Lincoln Park and uh there's so many like call outs but the it ends up making fun of Hawthorne Heights, which right. I know I have railed against so often on this show. It's like, Hawthorne Heights ruined emo. Yeah, I liked one Hawthorne Heights song. That's because you were stuck at Hot Topic. And I had, a, I have a, a, I could talk some shit about Hawthorne Heights. <laughs> uh, my band, Indeed We Digress, opened up for Hawthorne Heights at Hard oh. Rock Cafe here in Memphis. Oh, but you kept that so on the DL every single time I mentioned Hawthorne Dude. Heights. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go ahead and throw the gauntlet. Oh, they no. they were not impressive live. They were very boring, and they were all kind of assholes to us, and and that totally sucks because despite, you know, I, I, I liked that one record. Was it Silence in Black and White? I don't know. I, yeah. I was in college when it came out, and I was like, mm, I can't take this seriously. I, I liked that one record. It was super, like Screamo, Mallcore, but I was into <laughs> it. Uh, and yeah, it definitely takes me back to the Hot Topic days. Um, yeah, they 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 talk about America or the Canadian softball as a take on American football, who is a, a older emo band that blows pretty much all that mallcore emo out of the water. <laughs> uh, it, like you said, it's it's a melody or uh, a medley of My Chemical Romance, uh, Hawthorne Heights, Fallout Boy, AFI, Taking Back Sunday, and a bunch of other folks. Paramore. Uh, yeah, all that mid two thousands mallcore emo. Lyrically, I could barely even take how dead on it reflected Like when I worked at Hot Topic, though. like Kids looking forward to their parents bringing them in once a week to get the latest My Chemical Romance t-shirt and some extra tight girl pants and a white belt that they wore backwards for some reason. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, all the scene kids were like dyeing their hair pinks and blues and cutting it into the same swoopy haircut, <laughs> like going dramatically over their mascara dyes. Hey, uh, I feel like you're calling right. out. <laughs> you 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 weren't super seen though. You just had you did have a swoopy haircut there for I a little did, while. I did. I did. I still sometimes end up with a swoopy right. haircut. And my Facebook says I still have pink hair. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if and you know, all the kids like you gotta go to the warp tour or else you're not even real emo. But yeah, and, th- and then this song even mentions like a cooler kid, which was totally me, <laughs> coming along and telling them about real emo like Jawbreaker and Rites of Spring, but the scene kids didn't care. The power of Paramore was too strong, apparently. <laughs> it's very sad, really. Yeah, well, here's when I was like, got really cynical. I read, um, it was it Everything Hurts or something like that, which is like this like musical bio, like musical breakdown of all the true emo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, man. I need to like listen to more Rites of Spring and Promise Ring. Dude, <laughs> like, Promise Ring. Yep. <laughs> Jacques brings Blue Oyster Cults. You're not the one I was looking for. I shot for the-
says, here's Blue Oyster Cult doing a weird parody of the cars, just what I needed. All I know is Blue Oyster Cult is like the Reaper song? Yeah, Don't Fear the Reaper. Okay, and I don't know much about them, and horribly, I do not know much about the cars or their original song, which I did not listen to beforehand. But this is a pretty good song, so I'm assuming the cars song is really good, too. The cars song is very, very good, actually, (laughs) in my opinion. And I know that I really should know more the cars because, of course, I should. Uh, Does it sound close to the original? It's a little bit slower and like more drab sounding than the original, but I think that's intentional. Okay. And is it in the style of It's pretty other than being slower and like I said kind of a little bit more boring sounding. <laughs> uh it's it's pretty much the exact uh, just what I needed from the cars. Okay, well then it's a pretty solid popular rock situation, yeah, which absolutely. is probably from being the cars. Yeah, um Blue Oyster Cult also had a song about Godzilla. That was pretty good. Oh. Um, so you may have heard that one. But yeah, they also did Don't Fear the Reaper. Uh, their version of this song, like I said, it's a little bit slower and intentionally a bit more drab than the Cars song, but otherwise pretty dead on. Uh, it doesn't sound a whole lot like Blue Blue Oyster Cult's normal stuff, uh, but they definitely nailed like the Cars style. I don't know if this was done to like make fun or uh, if it was just kind of in good fun because they liked the Cars or whatever. Uh, Rick, Rick Ocasek from the Cars is an incredible songwriter and music producer, so surely they at least recognize that. But uh, the Cars music totally took off a lot more on a wider scale than Blue Oyster Cult's music did. But then, in the end, going back to Saturday Night Live, <laughs> Blue Oyster Cult did get the infamous SNL sketch about needing more cowbell. So, oh, uh, okay, so that's why I hear about this song all the time. Because right. cowbell? That's pretty much, yeah. That's <laughs> wow. why it's still relevant today. Otherwise, it'd just be a pretty good classic rock song. Okay. But most people just think of Will Ferrell hitting that cowbell. cowbell. Okay. And Christopher Walken having a having a <laughs> fever and the only prescription being more cowbell. Wow. I feel like I've learned a lot and I need to go more into my SNL history, my Blue right. Oyster Cult history, and my cars Yeah, history. I actually listened to the rest of the record that this was on. It's called Mirrors uh, by Blue Oyster Cult. It's actually really, really good. So thank huh. you, Jacques, for sending this in and putting that record in my in my mental spaces. So I should stop like brushing it off then. You should probably listen to at least a little bit of Blue Oyster Cult. Listen to Godzilla. I okay. think you'll appreciate that. All right. Bruce brings Ninja Sex Party Dinosaur Laser Party. Close your eyes and travel back in time with me and Ninja Bright. It's going to blow your mind to shit. It was an ordinary day dinosaur hide. And Stegosaurus raised his head to call for hide. And he says, probably one of my favorite novelty bands, Ninja Sex Party, personify everything that is a comedy band, uh, that a comedy band should be. 
They make songs like these. They also have two cover albums filled with the righteous and dead on cover. Yeah, I always say that right. And dead on covers of 70s and 80s classics. Backed by Tupperware Remix Party. Danny, Sex Band, and Ninja Brian are my heroes and they always will be. There's so much to unpack in that like description <laughs> that I can't even. Like there's Tupperware Remix. Is that a band? I guess so. <laughs> Tupperware remix party, sure. It's all parties. You got a dinosaur yeah. laser party, ninja sex party, Tupperware remix party. Yes, it's all about partying. It's all like, about parties. This song is the inside of my brain after eating marshmallows. It's like happy glitter. There's a lot of cursing for some reason. Yeah. Um, I totally appreciate this. It it's like got these crazy '80s scents, and it's just super surrealistic, like con insane you have i mean it's a dinosaur laser like fight and it's like an amazing crayola dream yeah it's it's very colorful indeed uh With curse words yeah I'll, I'll admit that i put this band off for a long time because i saw them as sort of a, a pretty weak novelty at first uh in parody songs and like comedy stuff you can usually get pretty far on just singing really enthusiastic and like silly subject matter alone uh, and they definitely really commit to the delivery in this song and then, you know, there's always something appealing about the word soup of just badass subject matter, like ninja sex party, dinosaur laser fight, you know. Yeah. It definitely uh, triggers some hilarious and exciting imagery. It all sounds like a third grader's fever dream. Oh, I love that third graders are doing acid now. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, but yeah, it, even past all the novelty on the surface level, the songwriting and the super sweet sw synths and like really thick vocal harmonies all end a little bit of extra credibility to ninja sex party that i admittedly withheld when i first heard them uh, i'll have to dig through the rest of their stuff and find some new favorites i think i hope they're all covered in glitter as well yeah, i'm gonna i bet their covers are really great i'll have to give those a shot as well yeah like thank I, you bruce it, it's so good thank you bruce i had no idea existed ever david brings a classic monty python always look on the bright side of life always look on the bright side of life Is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your seat, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance, anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. I just one of my favorites and the number one song used at funerals in the uk is that true i wonder if it's true i, I think like there were people in the youtube comments saying that they wanted it played at their funeral okay this song is perfect for a parody song. It's like anytime I'm having like a super shitty ass day and I'm trying to remind myself that it's perfectly fine. Like maybe there is poo all over my shoes from my various <laughs> clinical experiences. Um, not everything with Monty Python ages well, but this one does right. do pretty well. Um, I did use this song actually in the intro of, an, of episode five. And if you want to go and live oh. in the naivete of before November 6th, 2016. Yeah. You can go live in that. 
in episode five, which has been a few episodes ago, but yeah. like, yeah, always look on the bright side of life. That's like a really good song for the past like two years. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it it may seem like blasphemy, but um, Holy Grail is the only Monty Python movie that I've seen all the way through. And even that was like decades ago. I definitely, I watched a bunch of Flying Circus though, which was definitely great. The, was it the birch or the, was the song, was the tree? I can't remember. I can't remember either. (laughs) The birch. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, but what's especially hilarious in context for this song and that it's taken from their movie Life of Brian, which is a satire on Christianity. Mm -hmm. And in the scene that this comes from, uh, the main character Brian is is crucified, and then all the other criminals that are being crucified break into song to tell him to always look on the bright side of life and death. Uh, and it's it's just so f- flipping catchy and like very peppy sounding. Extremely. Uh, yeah, I can only hope next time I'm in some dire straits, I can remember to sing this to myself. And it's like a nihilistic like anthem as well, because there's like, well, you came from nothing and you're yeah. going to nothing. What have you really lost? Yeah, and like I'm a I'm a philosophy nerd, and actually John Cleese talks a lot about philosophy, and there's a bunch of like philosophy adjacent sketches on uh, on Flying Circus. So there's always tons of really great intellectual content, kind of. Snuck in, yeah. It's into snuck the, in into the humorously, goofs. very humorously. Michael Palin's my favorite Python, though. I love him. Unfortunately, he's got that terrible last name. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy brings Homer and Jethro. She loves you. She said her heart was mine, and I thought that it was true. You, but all the rest of her kept on going out with you because she loves you, and I does. Cynicism of a Broken Heart set to most likely a McCarthy song. McCartney? McCartney, yeah. It may have been white. It's okay. Paul McCartney. It's fine. That guy. (laughs) McCartney. (laughs) But it's oddly Southern for a British song. You know, I don't know where. I guess Jethro is probably a Southern. If it's not his real name, he's Mm -hmm. kind of like got a Southern uh, character going on. Um, it kind of amuses me because much like a lot of old emo songs, it's always like, she was cheating on me and it was terrible. Right. And I was like, yeah. And to put that on McCartney, who was always like, I love everyone and yeah, my Yeah, it's pretty dog. funny. So it, it kind of was hilarious, but I feel like kind of my like upsetness is like, it's probably not all her, all her fault is the fact that I listened to like way too much Jude Law in a semester abroad from brand new. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, brand new. Oh, we don't like him anymore. Yeah, it's, that's that seems to be the consensus. I was never huge into brand new anyway, but that's a I digress. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I can't believe I'd never heard of Homer and Jethro before. Apparently, a uh, superstar country picker Chet Atkins plays and and produced on uh, this record. So are these characters then? 
these two dudes are characters, yes. Okay. And I believe they're from Knoxville, Tennessee, if uh, research ah, is correct. That's why the southern accent comes out. And yeah, so Chet Atkins is super famous country guitar player, you know, hailed as one of the best. So he plays on this and uh, produced this. Oh. They they had like a ton of records over the course of like fifteen years or so. Like I think they put out like fifteen or twenty. I know that like albums. a ton of them showed up on my YouTube feed. It's like a ton of like parody songs and things like that. So yeah. it, it it seems like an interesting character duo. Yeah, I really loved the Southern Draws on uh, "She Loves You," but I don't quite know what fur. Yes, you know, <laughs> and the exaggerated true yous and bay ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely gives the song an extra bit of character and quirk. And then, of course, you know, turning the song on its head from a woman who felt hurt but still in love uh, to a bit heavier take from the third-party narrator who was cheated on. He's telling the listener, yeah, she loves you and a dozen other guys. <laughs> that is one of the, like, most clever lyrics. Though. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then, you know, obviously in the context of current times, some of that might be a little bitter and problematic sounding. but uh, Possibly. Yeah, the exaggerated vocals and, like, the affectation of their voice, I think, keeps everything tongue in cheek and and you can tell they're just being funny you know oh yeah especially so with it, any, i think like, it holds up yeah like i i i understand where they're coming from because it's also a comedy thing and i was like okay also surprisingly i didn't realize like that it's a bit older right mm-hmm, i believe early 60s yeah so i i'm it doesn't betray its age right. i appreciate that a lot now this was a listener-suggested thing. We do not have any listener feedback for this week, unfortunately. But you can still not, uh, vote for us in Best of Memphis, because that's still going on yeah, do until that. the 23rd. You can tweet at us. I'm at Pow I Gotcha. And I'm at Madam Woolite. And the show is at E&D Pod. And I'll remember to tweet occasionally some GIFs or some GIFs, however you want to say it. Yeah, and then Craig usually... <laughs> Craig will usually correct us on a yeah, few Yeah, he'll tell us some stuff. Yeah, he knows I appreciate that. Yeah, he knows I'm wrong on like lots of stuff. Right. But yeah. Uh, the Facebook, there's a ton of songs on each thread. Uh, it's Earbuds and Earworms podcast group. We are welcome and loving to all. You can come and join us. Uh, the voicemail line is 731 <laughs> Seven three one four zero zero B U D S or seven three one four zero zero two eight three seven. And you can always email the show at end or endpod at gmail dot com. And you can always see the show at endpod dot com. For the ten seven ten network. Ten seven ten network. We got yes. it. Yes. I stuck to it. Yay. Now David did get a suggestion earlier, but he also suggested this theme. So in tradition, we have him have the final song. He suggested a song by Napoleon the 14th. 14th. Yeah. They're coming to take me away. Ha ha. Um, this song. Okay. He said this one I first heard in the Dr. Demento show. Me too. When did the Dr. Demento show come out? It was a long, long time ago. And the only reason I know anything about Dr. Demento is because Weird Al, who I was obsessed with as a child. He references it. Yeah, he uh, he was on the Dr. Demento show and played his first song, and Dr. Demento played all of Weird Al's super early stuff, and that's pretty much how Weird Al's music was uh, perpetuated early on. Okay. So I feel that He played a cool. bunch of novelty and comedy songs. Okay. Well, this is definitely a novelty song. I had like this Mandela effect where I swore that we had played this song before, hmm. and 
I've heard it a lot. I did not know that we have never had it on earbuds and earworms, and I thought it had been on there. Turns out I watched uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, and it's on there somewhere. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, this does not sound like it's from 1966. It is, and it's amazing it's a short song and it's just amazing so i hope everyone enjoys it and gets it stuck in your head well you left me anyhow and then the days got worse and worse and now you see i've gone completely out of my mind and they're coming to take me away haha they're coming to take me away ho ho hee hee haha to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time and i'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats and they're coming to take me away you thought it was a joke and so you laughed you laughed when i had said that losing you would make me flip my lid Right? You know you laughed. I heard you laugh. You laughed, you laughed, and laughed, and then you left. But now you know I'm utterly mad. And they're coming to take me away. Ha ha. They're coming to take me away. Ho ho. Hee hee. Ha ha. To the happy home with trees and flowers and chirping birds and basket weavers who sit and smile and twiddle their thumbs and toes. And they're coming to take me away. I cooked your food, I cleaned your house, and this is how you pay me back for all my kind, unselfish, loving deeds. Ha! Well, you just wait, they'll find you yet, and when they do, they'll put you in the ASPCA, you mangy mutt. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha, to the happy home with trees and flowers and chirping birds and basket weavers who sit and smile and twiddle their thumbs and toes, and they're coming to Yeah, I always say that right. 